Welcome, everybody, to the Dill Pickleball podcast slash clubhouse event. Uh, we are going to be talking about episode two today, and the title is called Protect Your Pickleballs, with the focus being today on uh, whether or not we should actually try to hit someone, try to hit an opponent. Um, so let's start off, Vinny, me and you. Uh, quick question. Yeah. Uh, on the count of three, yep. so we're going to go one, two, three, and then answer, because I know sometimes it gets confusing okay. on, do you go on three, or do you go after three? Uh, after yeah. three, after do three. you Got think it. it's okay to try and hit someone? One, two, three. Yes. What? Qual- qualifying question. Are you married <laughs> to them? Now you know my answer. It's not fair. <laughs> no, no, sorry. sorry. Okay, now I'm ready. I'm ready Okay. Now. One, two, three. Yes. Yes. Oh, you went after me. We're supposed to do it together. Our powers I did, combined. Yeah. I did. I, I said yes at the same time. It was the same time in my ears. Oh, okay. Okay. I think it's the uh, the interface. Oh, the delay. I bet it is. You're right. Yeah. So, uh, yes. your qualifying question. Go ahead and ask that. Oh, uh, does are you married to them? That's my qualifying <laughs> question. Is. Yeah. It, are you married to the person you're trying to hit? <laughs> <laughs> with the pickleball because that uh that may determine yes. my answer yes well let's 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 answer that one and then we'll kind of move on to uh <laughs> another qualifying question so i would yeah, say totally. because my lovely wife becky is here in the event room with us um i would not try to hit her and on purpose at all agreed I would uh, I would not try to hit your wife Becky on purpose if I were playing against her. That's good. That's good. Yeah. Nor would I try to hit my your, wife, your wife either. Maybe. Oh, you would try to hit mm-hmm. your wife. Maybe. Is that because she's not Depends. in the room? My wife like. No, she just likes to trash talk, <laughs> and so sometimes I feel like. I don't know. It's probably never appropriate. Uh, All right, I'll just – I'm there with you. I've moved. I've changed. I've flip-flopped. <laughs> uh, it, is, it is never appropriate to hit your spouse uh, on pickleball court with a pickleball. With, with a pickleball. <laughs> that's, that's for another conversation with, uh, with other Yeah, guys. sorry. Uh, on the pickleball court. Yeah. Clean. We're keeping it clean. That's right. right. Yeah, keeping it clean. So when – when is it okay to actually try and hit someone? Is it okay all the time? Is it okay some of the time? When is it okay to try and hit someone? The qualifying question. Hmm. I would say gauging the level of competition within the game, the quality of the player that you're playing against, you know, the, the, the sportsmanship, we're not talking about ill intent, but, uh, or being, uh, you know, there's not meanness attached to it. It's more of gamesmanship. So I would say those are some things that are taken into consideration. You know, the skill level of play, sportsmanship, the level of familiarity. Like I'm not sure I would ever hit a stranger or a, a person who had joined our game, you know, that, that I wasn't, you know, connected to. Correct. I would, I would, yeah. I would be, I'd be close, close in there. I would feel like it'd be okay to try and hit someone for a few reasons. Number one, you're being a competitive, right? You're actually playing a competitive uh, game or a match and, um, you know, somebody serves it up for you and you just, you know, want to be able to really attack and win that point because a lot of people aren't good at returning. 
those types of shots. So I think it's okay to, to do that when you're being competitive. Um, specifically, I would also say uh, if you want to try and teach someone a lesson, um, really kind of get <laughs> under their skin or, you know, disrupt their mm. confidence and trying to, yeah. uh, you know, really help build their weariness of wanting you to be um, – to, to play up in the line. I think that that's really you know, dominating and showing, showing yeah. aggression there. Um, but yep. if you're playing for fun, if you're playing with people who aren't as good, I totally agree that, you know, trying to be kind, trying to help them feel like they're part of the, part of the game and learning the game, right. obviously smashing balls at you know their feet or at their, their torso or anything like that is not necessarily yeah. the best option. So along those lines, yep. where is, the place that you should aim for when trying to hit someone. Yeah, I think uh, just strategically, I think the lower body is a, is a place because if you're if you're aiming toward the feet, uh, that becomes a difficult shot to return. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that's one place. To, again, depending on court position and and, and player posture, uh, the other I, I think is is a paddle wrist or hand area, like mm-hmm. kind of that forcing that short alligator arm or T-Rex arm defense, <laughs> you know, that, that might be a difficult place. Yep. yep. Um, and then sometimes I like line drives and if, and if you can get, if you can get this, you know, from a, so it's probably a backcourt shot, but if you can get the speed and the spin and you can get a torso shot, I think that those are, those are all mm-hmm. good places. Probably pri- strategically prioritizing the lower body shot. Yep. Especially uh, if they're uh, really at the, especially if they're at the non-volley line uh, or the non-volley zone, yep. the, the kitchen. I would definitely yep. say the feet is probably the best option. And then I probably, yep. depending on who I'm playing with, if it's against you, um, I enjoy uh, <laughs> a little bit uh, higher in the torso um, because yeah. it's, it's pretty entertaining to see how you try to move <laughs> and get out of the way. <laughs> no, totally. Uh, yeah. So. Those are places, uh, yeah, that's part, part of my game. Part of the thing I bring to the court. Yes, which we talked about uh, last week. Your, yeah. How do you feel, or when do you think it is appropriate to stay at the kitchen line versus move back? Do you always think you should stay up? Do you always think you should move back? What do you think? Yeah. So, in my inexpert opinion, I, I I like to be at the kitchen line, and so I want to get there as quick as I, as possible, and I want to stay there. Uh, and, and learn pickleball defense mm-hmm. um, and just take it. So, so for me, I want to be at the kitchen line, you know, as, as play and strategy dictate, but for me, the most part is I want to stay there um, and not be afraid to get hit. Yep. I, I think for me, it'll be it'll developing the dink and dunk game, you know, to help avoid that. Yes. I would, I would agree that that's something that I, I need to improve on as well, especially like three third shot drops and whatnot to try and, be a little bit more yeah. conservative and, and learning the advanced portion of the game. I would say for me, it's if, if my opponent um, has an opportunity to, to, to smash one at my face or anywhere near my body, I'm moving backwards to try and be able to at least recover. Yeah. Um, I, yeah. I, I have a tennis background, so I always feel like the ball is going to come in faster than mm. they, they do. So I tend to overreact yeah. and react too soon. Um, but moving back has always been the mm. thing that I've 
I've wanted to do. Um, I see we have a couple of people here. I just wanted to see if anybody was wanted to join our conversation with Vinny and I. Um, just know that this is going to be recorded, and this is part of the Dill Pickleball podcast. So if you want to join, um, I can definitely have you guys do that. Perfect. Welcome, Phil. Yeah, good guys. Uh, great to meet you. I actually checked out uh, your first episode, which was you, uh, Vinny. Were you on that? Are you the same guy? Will, same guy, yes, sir. Because you, you tonight you're acting real serious. You're one of the funniest <laughs> guys between you and David. I mean, I'm serious. I woke up at one o'clock this morning, and I couldn't go back. And I found you guys and David. I was planning on being here, and I wanted to get in before the recording because I know how that kind of goes. But um, yeah. I was laughing out loud. I mean, you guys are crazy. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Do you guys yeah. play in Colorado? We we have only played in Idaho thus far. That's where we're oh. uh, that's where we reside. So we we make our okay. way around the uh, local parks here, uh, right outside of Boise is where we're at. Yep. But uh, yeah, would love to bring my well, game to Colorado when I travel there. Well, I try to do a, a room on Tuesdays or have the last a few weeks, okay. and um, tonight I asked the guys. Otto was there. Adam was there, and Otto's a, a pretty pretty strong player. And then we had a, another guy. Just met him tonight. He's a, he's on pro level. Uh, but I asked him. I think this question you're you're going to have tonight is really a great one, and that is, should you hit your uh, opponent? Yes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> So but, uh, yeah, I'd like I, to get your I, opinion here, Phil and Adam. Uh, do you think it's okay to try and hit your opponent? It, I will just say this. It's part of the game. And uh, now I will mm. also say this, that in rec play, and I'm a rec player, okay, guys? And I don't have aspirations yeah. to become a tournament pro player. Um, I have been hit uh, at or yeah, hit at mm -hmm. uh, even at the head. And here's the danger of hitting at the rec play level. Um, is control. Um, and mm -hmm. I've been reading recently about pickleball dangers of hitting someone in the eye mm -hmm. and they lose mm -hmm. the eye. Um, mm -hmm. so I, if it's a, if it's a real beginner player, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna do that. And Otto, I asked Otto cause uh, Otto said, absolutely. But he, it, you know, I'll let him speak for himself, <laughs> but in a rec play situation, you probably don't want to do that per se especially yeah. to a beginner player but what you want what i do is i try to master the placement hit whether it be especially down yeah. the middle it's my favorite shot yep. so guys i think it's a great topic i look forward to getting to know you guys i think you're doing great i love your pod your first episode uh this one's going to be a good one and uh i'll definitely here to support you guys awesome thanks phil i appreciate awesome. that thanks phil appreciate yeah thanks phil appreciate you chiming in and i think that's a that's a great point is that control, particularly with if you're playing with players who are new and that, you know, pegging each other becomes a thing. There's obviously a real danger there yep. uh, to injury, which we always want to avoid. It's one of the fun things about pickleball is you can play it uh, mm -hmm. without risk of too tremendous, you know, injury outside of uh, yeah, yeah. self-inflicted. So, yeah. David, you keep that in mind when we play. <laughs> well, and, and the, hey, guys, the, the, the fact of the matter is, uh, I'd say 80% of the time I, I hit at a person, I'm actually trying to hit down the middle. Hmm. Yeah. Interesting. Hmm. That's a great, yeah. Yep. 
I would say, I would say, I agree with what, what Phil was saying there again. Kind of what we, we talked about a little bit is, uh, you know, if you're playing for fun, playing, you know, to enjoy yourselves, playing with beginners, uh, you know, trying to keep them involved and engaged and helping them improve their game and, and recognize that putting a ball up in the air for a lob to be able to smash is not necessarily wise. Um, and, and again, 100% power at somebody um, doesn't, shouldn't happen necessarily all that much because you lose control. Uh, but it's also good to help uh, people perhaps learn a lesson as they continue to improve. I know Vinny and I play, we play a lot. And uh, one of the things that Vinny likes to do is <laughs> when we, when, right after he serves, he has this tendency to like take a step forward right into the, uh, right into the, to the court. Oh, and, uh, totally and then I put him right back, put a ball right back to his, to, to the line. And uh, he basically, you know, gets, gets all caught up in his feet or, you know, tries to move back and does things. And so uh, we, we call that creeper creeping and we always sing a song when that happens. And, you know, he's, it's, it's been a tough lesson for, for him for sure to be able to learn that. But uh, he's, 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 yep. he's definitely there yeah. now. I would say you've, you've been a faithful instructor <laughs> and I have been a faithless pupil. And six months in, I continue to creep in, in excitement, enthusiasm, as I watch my serve, you know, land in and then watch your return land right at my toes, <laughs> right in the line. Yep. It's the best. I um, like it once in a while with a new player as a soft ball, a soft hit, mm -hmm. because it's a really good way for them to understand that the ball can come from any direction and how they hold their racket at the ready is crucial to take care of and defend their position wherever the ball comes from. Yep. Absolutely. Oh, that's a great. Yeah, that's a great thought, Adam. Yep. It, it's, it's super important. That's something that I've actually, uh, I've been trying to help my daughter with a little bit in, in understanding mechanics of the game, preparation, uh, especially up at the kitchen line, you know, keeping your paddle up so that when it goes left or right, you just move the paddle as opposed to having to raise it and then swing it one way or the other. Uh, so... It's, it's really, I find this game, kind of like what we talked about last week with, with Vinny and I on, on our podcast, is really trying to instruct and help people at any point in your journey. You always have people who are below you, who are you know trying to continue to improve, and you have that ability to help them with those small little factors um, like being prepared and not necessarily crushing it at them, but also helping them be able to... Uh, just, just understand what they're doing and understand the consequences of that shot that they just played. It's the anticipation. Mm -hmm. One, watching the ball is the most crucial thing in the world, but they often do a few things that I mentioned with Phil earlier. They have a real fear of their backhand. They don't put mm. their body into the shot and they have to learn how to do some of this if they're serious and they really would like to start learning how to play the game. Mm -hmm. Ab absolutely. I mean, backhands are definitely a, a struggle um, for a lot of, a lot of beginners. Um, it's something that I always encourage um, beginners to work on. If, if you have a weak spot, you want to actually work on that. And I know <laughs> Vinny's like, <laughs> he, he at the beginning of his game he always would like you know hit, hit a lob and of course because we're competitive with each other and because we're friends and because i like seeing what happens when i hit a ball at him um he uh 
<laughs> he like will duck or he'll pull his head down at the beginning. But now he's like happy Gilmore, like I'm gonna take it like a man. So it's it's pretty it's pretty interesting right. to watch that. Yeah, it's just a pickleball. Well, you know, you guys uh, in your first episode, I thought uh, something that was really a, a fantastic attitude was you guys talked about something that we've all felt and something I'm a big proponent of, and that is the promotion of the community Mm -hmm. and the fun and the friends. And um, so, David, what you were just saying about, you know, these are things that we don't want somebody to have a negative experience. And if you just get into a game with a beginner and you just bang at them all the time, Mm -hmm. uh, that's not a positive experience, nor a, I don't think in the spirit of the game. Correct. Absolutely. Yep, I agree. And that's where, you know, you yeah, kind I think of, if, go ahead. I was going to say, I think if David and I had experienced that as we, we began playing, uh, we were welcomed into a community of players that play regularly with, with one another. The first few times we played mm-hmm. and had we experienced that, it would have been a turnoff. Mm-hmm. You know, we, we wouldn't be playing. We wouldn't have continued to play and pursue the game, but because there was a, a sense of hospitality and, and, and congeniality and generosity among the players, we, we fell in love with the game and got an opportunity to learn it in a, in a safe environment where yeah. we, we weren't afraid to get pegged at that time. And I think that it's, it depends on how, how competitive everybody else is as well. And that's just kind of the basis. And you can kind of judge that as you play with them throughout the game or throughout the match, right? If you're walking into a situation, yeah. it's, it's one of those that you can kind of observe, you know, we have a park nearby who who has a an association that kind of is is big there. They probably have 15, 20 players at play every, every single day. And walking into that kind of situation, you kind of judge and see how competitive they are, who's competitive, who's not, and then you can kind of play a game based on that. And and, and specifically, you know, we're talking about protecting your pickleballs and smashing and, and, and hitting overheads at people. You know, you play you play your game according to that. So if they're there to have fun, you have yeah. fun. If you're trying to be a little bit more competitive and you want to kind of hamstring or what we like to call T-Rex people, which is, you know, you put your paddle in, you kind of little T-Rex, stubby little arms trying to hit the ball. That's also part of the game for some some, you know, rounds, some matches that you're that you're playing with with that group. You know, most places that I've, uh, the places that I've played, the most successful communities uh, actually do uh, divide up their areas or even their times uh, into beginner and more, you know, intermediate, let's say. And I think that is a good policy so that mm-hmm. where I play right now, it's clearly understood as you walk into, there's eight courts <laughs> and as you walk mm-hmm. through the gate, the four courts to the left, look, if you're going to go play over there, number one, you better be ready. That's intermediate or above. Mm-hmm. And it, you can't be offended if they play aggressively. Mm-hmm. That, that's what it's, that's what you're going to get into. If you go right, it's a beginner's game. It's a more – and the expectation there is that we aren't going to hit at each other really aggressively. Mm-hmm. So I think that's a good thing to do in a community of players. Yeah, and and I I'm looking forward to that for sure. Um, trying trying to build that up with our community here in in Idaho in the Treasure Valley is what we call our little, um, couple of counties. Um, so I'm I'm definitely excited for what you just mentioned, Phil, of having, you know, you have good players playing maybe at a certain time, and then you have you know beginner players, and of course beginner players can play with advanced players. So if I wanted to play all day, I could go play at a beginner level, but I could also play at the intermediate to advanced level too. And so I, I'm 
I'm, I'm looking forward to the day where we in, in this community have that kind of, uh, you know, differentiation without hurt feelings or anything along those lines. Yeah, actually, the the best community I was a part of where I learned the game, uh, they, <laughs> uh, the ambassador set it up to where if you were a beginner, you were not invited <laughs> or welcome <laughs> at the 10 o'clock group. And, you know, I kind of was a little bit offended at that at first, but then I thought he's right because it disrupts the play a little bit. Now, what's cool is sometimes the more intermediate players would come up earlier and play with the beginners and help them. Mm -hmm. But I think it just, and then when you are invited up or when you show up and you're accepted, it, you feel accomplished because mm -hmm. you've worked on your game and you've earned that position. Yeah. It's totally that uh, double edged sword for sure. Um, whether or not you allow better players to play with uh, beginner players um, because you want to help them improve. You want to get them to that point of improvement, but at the same time, you don't want to overwhelm everybody with the game. So it's, it's definitely that fine well, line for sure. And, and I got to say, it gotten to the point where we had, let's see, five courts, five or six courts and probably 40 plus players showing up in each group. Oh, wow. So uh, there was, you know, there wasn't any reason for a beginner to, to come in and yep. you know what I'm saying? Yep. Absolutely. It, it was a great time. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. So next question for everybody who is participating here at the pickleball podcast, episode two is what strategies would you use to stop being an easy target for overhead smashes? What strategies would you use to stop being an easy target for those pickleball smashes? First thing that comes to my mind is trying to slow the ball play down. Okay. Well, how would you? What do you mean by that, Adam? Yeah. How, can, you do, well, can you talk more about that? If you try and not, if you're able to get a smash, if you're able to get it not to hit it back with the same intensity that it came at you, hmm. but kind of protect your chest or lower chest area and let it bounce back. It gives you a few seconds to kind of recoup your position from the transition zone or to the NBA zone or to the baseline where you mm -hmm. want to be. But if you slow down the play a little bit, it might give you a better feeling for what he'll do next or will he dink it. It'll give you more opportunity, even if it's just a few seconds, it could mean the difference between getting the ball and missing it. That's great wisdom. Uh, yeah, I think for, for me, it's, it's court position. David, you and I have worked on this is just being aware and thinking through several shots at a time and where your feet need to be and where you're at in terms of the non-volley zone or, or mid-court or back-court and recognizing even the paddle language of your opponent. If they're coming up for that big smash, it's time to back up, give yourself room. So you, off the bounce, you can get that return. Mm -hmm. You know, Vinny, you mentioned that earlier about do you, about holding your ground at the kitchen line or or – fading back i think as a tennis player i was not a tennis player but i know you probably know this you read your opponent 
And if it, yeah. if a, a smash is coming, I think you'll watch the pro level. They back up mm-hmm. uh, to give themselves some a little more reaction time, especially at the speeds and the power that that ball's coming at them at that point. So there is a thing of coming out. But you know, I I like in the kitchen zone the 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 line as uh, the power zone. You don't want to give it up. It's like a game of chess. You control that area. You can control the game. Mm-hmm. So to your question, David. I mean, bottom line, it's, it's really my number one thing I want to work on in my game is keep my returns competitive. And that means keep them low. Mm-hmm. And uh, in, in the last group, we talked about the power of doing the diagonal versus the vertical, uh, what would be the vertical, you know, don't, you know, going diagonal really lowers that chance. It's going to be too high mm-hmm. and it's going to be slammed back at you. Yep. I, I, I would totally agree with that. Um, I, I try to definitely when I'm playing at the kitchen line, I like to work on those angles, work on those shots. It's, it's a, it's a more high risk shot than, you know, just hitting it over across to my opponent, assuming I'm playing doubles, right? We play, that's what we play most of the time anyway, is, is doubles because we have, you know, a community of, of anywhere between four and 18, depends on who shows up. So we play a lot of doubles in that aspect of it. Um, but I really want to work on since I am one of the better players in our group to work on those specific more advanced shots like the angles like you were talking about, Phil. So I think that's going to be one of the strategies to really help prevent the those lobs from happening. And then the other one is if it actually does happen, if me or my my partner toss one up and try and hit a lob over somebody's head and it doesn't quite make it for whatever reasons, which I like to blame the wind on because you know, I, I'm, I'm that good that I just always hit a good lob and, and it's always mother nature that, that prevents me from doing that for sure. And, uh, then, uh, <laughs> I try to, I try to move back as it, fast as possible. You know, it's possible. great to be in a room of, it's really nice <laughs> to be in a room of, um, of just, uh, oh gosh, for uh, humble people. <laughs> David is the humblest. <laughs> we like to and call that you know, humble I, bragging. <laughs> yeah. uh, no, so uh, we talked about last week. I I have one move, right? I got I got one move. It, and that's because yes. I'm uh you know I'm I'm not the thinnest guy in the world or the most athletic. So my one move in terms of lobbying is backpedaling as fast as possible and hoping I don't fall on my keister. Now, now guys, <laughs> you know that the number one. I think the number one move of injury in our sport is backpedaling. Mm-hmm. So they, they mm-hmm. teach you to turn and run back and get it off the bounds. But just, uh, I, I backpedal as well. Yep. Former basketball player. Yep. You learn to backpedal, yep. but yeah, it's yep. not a safe yep. move. Correct. You know, I, I played tennis um, from the time I was in second grade up through a year of college and, um, I discovered how, how not good I was when I started college playing tennis. I'm like, man, that's, I'm, I'm not good, but, uh, I definitely learned how to, how to backpedal correctly and, and try and be prepared. And, um, I, I usually overreact to pickleballs because there are pickleballs and not tennis balls flying up my face. So, um, I usually try to hit the ball too fast, too hard and am improving on that aspect of my game for sure. So Vinny, you had uh, you had a, another question you wanted you wanted to bring up tonight. Oh yeah, this so this one I'm I'm an expert at this, so I've got some <laughs> advice to give, but also uh, 
you know, what to do with those pickleball welts, you know, just care and treatment if you've been pegged or find yourself on the, uh, the victim of an overaggressive friend and partner uh, who, who's pelted you a few times. Any, uh, any care treatment suggestions? I appreciated how you threw in partner there, like your partner yeah. hit you. Yeah, buddy. For, for, <laughs> me, for me, I think it hurts less if I could pelt them back. Right, David? <laughs> That's right. Yeah, it is, it is. Go ahead. No, Vinny, I was just going to say, and for me, after three and a half plus years of playing, I've never had a pickleball well, because when you're playing with 60, 70 year olds, I don't think you have to worry about that. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, so quit playing with the younger crowd. <laughs> you're, you're absolutely right. Well, like I shared last time, I, my experience with the older crowd has not been great either. Uh, you know, less welts, but uh, way less. Yeah, those those well. ladies took it to you. <laughs> oh my gosh! Yeah, and they, I get my call, call from my mother-in-law all the time. They want to know when I'm coming back to visit, and I'm just not sure. I'm just not sure I'm going back, or I might conveniently forget my pickleball paddle. Uh, you know, just yeah. So, yeah, David's careful, tennis background Vinny. pays off. You talked about my dad in the last one, and he's coming in about a week, and he's bringing his pickleball gear, and he is prepared to play. Oh, he, and my mom yeah, has he's been fantastic. practicing as well. She has been demoted on teams, which only, <laughs> like you said, it pushes you to be more competitive. Yeah. So she has been working yep. really hard to get promoted to the next team to compete with my dad again. So get ready because they're going to want to play a rematch. I love it. Yep. I can't <laughs> wait. I cannot wait. I love it. I love playing with your dad. My favorite thing about playing with your dad is his Jimmy Johnson perfect hair. <laughs> like we played, I think, an hour and a half and not a single strand of his hair moved. I don't know if that's like a Lego helmet that he puts on and then takes <laughs> off at night or if it's just the product. But it was fantastic. Like not a hair moved. And it's we laughed swab, and had a great time. It's hairspray, number 10. That's um, awesome. <laughs> yeah. It's funny you that. say Jimmy Johnson. He's been known to look like Harrison Ford. Oh yeah. yeah, yeah, I could totally see that. Totally see that in your dad. Yep, yeah, he he was a great, great fun to play. And we were we were so new, you know. He yeah, he he was so kind and patient with us as we were learning, you know, still learning the rules and game and, and helping. He he coached us up as uh, a ton while he was here. It, it was we had well, a great experience it, in the spring. If it makes you feel better, he's sixty four, not sixty two, as David <laughs> quoted. Okay, yeah, that does make him feel a, 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 a bit better. <laughs> <laughs> not at all but does that make me the oldest geezer here yeah adam actually you're the oldest guy i've met on clubhouse <laughs> but i'm not far behind you damn all right last last question here as we wrap up real quick um where was the strangest place you've been hit by a pickleball hey guys i, I gotta leave uh but it's been great talking to you Thanks, Phil. Yeah, thanks, Phil. Thanks for uh, joining us. Uh, I'm actually just kidding. Yeah. No, oh. I didn't want to talk about Blocky, <laughs> <laughs> no. I haven't been hit yet. Oh, that's good. That's Nicely good. done, Adam. Nicely done. He's got the uh, the five the five stages yeah. of dodgeball mastered, right? Whatever those are. That's right. Yeah. Dodge, yeah. duck, dip. Uh, I, I'd say dive, probably dodge. the hardest place. 
those are them. Uh, I, I don't know about Otis Place or or but uh, for sure the anywhere on the hand on the paddle hand. Mm-hmm. So particularly in the cold weather we've been playing, like finger, hand, wrist area, those are just those are just screamers. Particularly in the cold weather. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, I'd agree, and actually the the ones the hits that have hurt the most would be if I if it hit my fingers or something. Um, but I have to be honest, I, I haven't been hit a lot, so that's good. And, and you know what, that's a credit to the, the people I played with because there, there really is a respect in the game. But I mean, if you do get hit, it's usually a mistake, you know, because we don't have control necessarily of our shots, but yeah, I'd say the hand has been the most painful area it may not be odd, but yep. there is. Yeah. Yeah. I found the most painful area is to be where my partner hits me like the one i'm not expecting oh. right the one like in the back of the yep. leg right below the buck cheek right like like oh like yep. what dude like the court's that way <laughs> not this way <laughs> yes guilty <laughs> it's called tmi <laughs> <laughs> I, I did say to Vinny that unfortunately our rating has gone from rated G to rated PG with our uh, current topic of protecting your pickleballs. So, <laughs> yep, yep, yep. Yeah, well, they Absolutely. are expensive, so you know you don't want to like lose <laughs> them or you know. That's right. Yeah, absolutely. That's awesome. All right. Any other final thoughts here well, about uh, overhead slam? Well, go ahead, Vinny. Oh, no, I was just going to say thank I'm super appreciative to Phil and Adam and, and Becky for just jumping in and yeah. chiming in and kind of in an, op- in an open forum. It can be a little scary, but appreciate yeah. all the wisdom and insight you guys brought. Mm-hmm. Learned some stuff tonight. Thank you. Yeah, I'm a New Yorker. Not, not much scares me anymore. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. but this has been fun. Yeah. I really appreciate it. Look forward to, to, to uh, supporting you guys. And if you ever get to Phoenix, Arizona, we will definitely have to play. Absolutely. So you're That'd in Sarasota? Uh, we're in Idaho, uh, David and I. No, but Phil, did you oh. play Sarasota? No, Phoenix, Arizona. Oh, Phoenix, Arizona. Yeah. Oh, it's my, it's my, my, uh, my, my Colorado slow draw. <laughs> I developed over the years I lived there. Hmm. We'll have to figure out how to have a virtual match. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> all right, guys. Well, I appreciate you all uh, hopping in and joining us. We had a great time. Uh, we'll look forward to uh, to posting this. We'll try not to do it back-to-back there, Phil, so that uh, we can have time to hop on your nope. your event and then uh, maybe join ours right nope. after that or something. David, it's so, it's so great to see you tonight and uh, looking forward to talking to you, all of you. Uh, in the future. Perfect. Well, I appreciate you guys, and we'll uh, we'll all chat soon. Looking forward to it. Thank you.